0: Hi, for those who are new, my name's Mike Davis. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, welcome. Uh, if I haven't met you, see me afterwards. I'd like to get to know you. Um, we are in the midst of a series called Exploring God. And so far, we have looked at several things. We've looked at does life have a purpose? Why believe in God? And why does God allow pain and suffering? What's up with that? Is the Bible reliable and relevant? And is Christianity too narrow? And then is Jesus really God? Those are the things we've looked at so far. And if you missed any of those, I encourage you to check those out on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can get caught up to date. But today is the end of the series. Today, we're going to complete the series by answering the question Can I know God personally? Yes, you can. Thank you for coming. The ushers will see you out now. Grab a bagel or a donut on your way out. But I, again, I'm joking. I don't want you running off to the 49er game. Can you know God personally? It's a great question. It's an important question. And it's one that many people wrestle with, as we'll see in this video. being human, so you can't have a human relationship with them. You can have an understanding or a concept, but I don't think you can have a real one-on-one relationship. I think wacky is too strong of a word, but I think that there are, there are people who believe that that uh uh, what shirt i put on this morning that that god cared what shirt i put on that's nonsense some people may say you know you're crazy for saying you heard a voice but i I felt like i heard a voice from heaven speak to my situation and tell me that everything was going to be okay and the proof is in the pudding i'm I've, i've i've lived a blessed life since then since turning my life to god I do think God is so big and so vast that uh, we'll never get to know him exhaustively. I think he's so complicated that we'll never know all of who he is. I don't really believe in a a higher source of love, you know, coming from God or anything like that. Um, I think it's just something everybody has uh, the capability to love within themselves. I've found peace in my relationship with God because he's the only stable relationship that you'll have because humans can come and go. It's kind of like silly to me, like Santa Claus, if you think of it as a person that you could personally get to know. So I think I think you, you if you're if you're looking to know God as an as a as a person, like to look at it as if I'm speaking to another being, another person. I think that's a, that may be a stretch. I mean, people if they believe that, that's fine. I mean, for me, that's not the way I would view the existence of this higher power. You have to experience it for yourself. I think it's, it's something hard to describe unless you're actually willing, willing to go there. So in the video, when asked what condition they desire for their future, 75% of adults said a close relationship with God. And it might be interesting to know, like, what adults they surveyed. But regardless of who they surveyed, I would think that if it's true that there exists a higher power of some sort, that anyone would prefer a close relationship with that higher power rather than a malicious one. In the clip, we notice that there are a lot of responses and approaches to this question. The first person says his relationship with God is not private, but it is very much personal. The next person says she doesn't see him, God that is, as human, so you really can't have a a relationship with him. Another says that based on the Bible, says absolutely we can have a personal relationship with God. And yet another says that the idea is just flat out silly to her. To her, it's similar to getting to know Santa Claus. How do you get to know Santa Claus as an actual person? So who's right? How are we to come to an acceptable answer? I think to sufficiently answer the question, we have to first deal with some core assumptions. For instance, a woman who equates God with Santa Claus. Her underlying assumption is that, well, Santa Claus ain't real, therefore God ain't real. How can you have a personal relationship with someone or something that isn't real, that doesn't exist? And and honestly, I would have to agree with her if her assumption is correct. Two or three others in the video agree that a personal relationship with God is possible, and they reference their experiential knowledge as evidence. And and when they do that, I think they uh, reveal a pathway um, that is seemingly unavailable to our woman who thinks God is like Santa Claus. I think she's made a a critical error in her hypothesis. But without getting into the weeds about trying to demonstrate God's existence, I think the last woman in the video makes some relevant points uh, that cut across each of the scenarios that we've talked about so far. Specifically that one, you have to experience it for yourself. That is to say that just because you have an experience, it doesn't mean that it can't be experienced. And number two, that is hard to describe unless you're actually willing to go there. That's huge. You, you have to be willing to go there. You have to accept the possibility, at least the possibility, that God exists and the possibility that if he exists, that he can, in fact, be known. So, unfortunately, for this woman, the answer is an unequivocal no. Outside of God's intervention, she cannot know God personally. Not because it can't be done, but because she's unwilling or unable to have it be so. And the Bible suggests as much in Hebrews. Hebrews 11, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Okay. So what if you're willing? What if you're willing to go there? What now? we still have some more core assumptions to deal with. We noticed earlier that one person in the video doesn't see God as human. So how can you have a real one-on-one relationship with him? Another suggests that God is so big, so vast, so complex uh, that we'll never know him exhaustively. Are these assumptions correct? What if they are? What if they aren't? the first thing we have to do is we have to recognize and acknowledge God as He describes Himself. We can't create a preferred image and then seek to relate to Him in that way. We can't create God to be in our own image. It's not how relationships work. At least I don't think they do. One example I have of someone trying to force a preferred image on a relationship is uh, Jan and I were visiting a a person many moons ago, and uh, we didn't know each other well. It was our first visit. And a beautiful woman, she, she offered me peas to go with my meal, with my entree. Now for you, most of you, that would not be a big deal. But for me, for Mike, that is a huge no bueno. Without getting into too much detail, just say that I was scarred by a dinnertime uh, occurrence many moons ago, as I tell. I don't do peas. <laughs> but the woman, having been told that, you know, thank you, no, she insisted and, and Jan Kai kind of said, "Well, you know Mike really doesn't eat peas." But she insisted again. And then on the third time, when we explained to her that, "I don't want peas, I don't eat peas. I will not take peas." She decided, she declared that, well, it's just because you haven't had my peas." As if that would cause me to like peas after 60 years of living. (laughs) Is that the way to handle a relationship? Is that how you want to start? I don't think so. Or what about if you and your best friend, you're listening to music and your friend puts on their jam, you know, the one that really gets them going. And you turn to your friend in a not-too-supportive way and go, Ew, why are you listening to that? You should listen to this. And your friend goes, Well, that's okay, but I I don't like that. I I prefer this. But you say, No, no, you don't. We'll listen to my stuff. How do you think that relationship's going to go? My sense is not very well. Just as you would not dictate to your friend what they should like, what they should enjoy, we can't dictate to God how he should be and expect him to act or respond in ways that are contrary to how he's described himself. So that begs the question, just how has God described himself? How has he spoken of himself? I suggest that he's revealed himself in some pretty particular ways and that those ways suggest that contrary to some of the views in our video, yes, we can know God personally. And that we can know him in ways that are very often much like human relationships. The biblical record and the experience of countless believers over the centuries indicate that we encounter God in everyday moments and experiences. I'm reminded of the movie Chariots of the Fire. It's kind of dated, um, but it speaks of the character of Eric Liddell. He was a missionary uh, to China, and he was an Olympic athlete, and he was asked, how and why he runs the way that he does. And his response was that, because when I run, I feel his pleasure. Have you ever experienced that? A slightly more contemporary version of that idea might be from the movie Shawshank Redemption. It's a um, pretty moving prison movie. And in the movie, a character of Andy Dufresne, which is played by Tim Robbins, uh, against all the rules, locks himself in the prison radio room and begins to play some of his favorite music. It goes throughout the entire prison, throughout all the prison walls, and then it says that, or we show that Andy's best friend in prison, played by Morgan Freeman, says the following about that incident. listening to music, going for a walk at sunrise or sunset, and in a moment's notice, be aware that there is something far beyond you. I've had that happen in a number of instances. I can remember on uh, an anniversary uh, trip Jan and I took, we were in uh, Gualala, and we went down to the beach, and there was no artificial light, and there was no moon that evening, and the stars... billions and billions of stars, not dim stars, bright stars, and we were overwhelmed with the glory of the Lord. You know that word glory in Hebrew it is weight? And I have to tell you that in that moment I felt pressed to my knees. The Looking at those scars, it was pressing me to my knees. We couldn't do anything but praise. Have you ever felt that? I felt it in more mundane ways too. I I've, I've felt that uh, in <laughs> trying to knock the snot out of somebody on the football field. God shows up in the mundane, in the everyday. And the Bible validates those type of encounters. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. He's speaking to us. He's calling out to us. Likewise, in Romans chapter 1, It says, For what could be known about God is plain to them. That's to us folk. Because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. His eternal power and divine nature perceived. So having encountered God, having experienced God in the day-to-day workings of our lives, we we find that we engage a personal God in a very impersonal world. And though we don't always understand him, I know I don't, uh, we do find solace in the fact that he refuses to offer us thoughts and prayers from a safe distance. No, he comes and gets down in the muck and the mire with us. He gets down in the nitty gritty of our lives. That's what he did in Jesus Christ. He could have stayed in heaven right, and tinkered from far away. But no, he became one of us. And so we find that in the midst of our trials, uh, we're told that we should be still and know that I am God. Those of you who attended the All Church Weekend Room will remember that, that Christian encouraged us, challenged us really, uh, to be intentional about taking time to be present before the Lord. And I think uh, because he, he recognized that God is found uh, not in our busy striving, but rather in our quiet resting. Further, we learn that when we lean into uh, that stillness, that we learn more and more about that divine nature Romans was talking about. And then that results in what we see in John chapter 14. It says that anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. God making a home with us. What a promise. I think uh, living with someone gets pretty intimate. I don't, I don't know. We may want to talk to some people at Canada House and ask them how intimate things get. We have a few people who are from Canada who all share a, a home together together. And you you learn things about who gets hot. Who's hot all the time. Or who's cold all the time. You get to know each other pretty intimately when you share a home. God wants to make a home with us. So our relationship with God brings us from darkness to light, from death to life, and from sorrow to joy. And, And that's why so many Um, evangelistic outreaches start with the uh, before and after story. Because in the before and after, you see a tangible evidence of the nature of a relationship with this creator of the universe. Before Christ, I or life was this. After Christ, I or life is that. And of course, the Bible talks about That type of transformation. It says in 2 Corinthians that, and we, all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Time and solitude with God. Time meditating on his word. Time and practice obedience. That leads to transformation. And that transformation in the end leads to intimacy. Intimacy with God. As we're changed, first being fully known by him and then learning to be more like him, we, we grow in closeness and affection. I know in my own experience that, that Jesus as the Christ has always been Savior, Redeemer, Friend to me. Savior in that he saved me and you uh, from the wickedness of the world, my own and others'. And that's great. And Jesus' death and resurrection allows you, me, to be redeemed. That is, to be purchased from Satan, the, the one who would uh, seek to enslave me and abuse me. That's incredible. But as beneficial as those things are, the, the one that anchors me most is friend. Friend. Because see, a friend is a person who knows and is known by another deeply and intimately, free of shame, free of burden. With friends, there's no uh, excuse me. With friends, there is a bond of mutual affection where there's no debt expected or accepted, other than that of love. i got to tell you, that's what brought me into the kingdom. And I'm like one of the guys in the video who, yeah, I heard a voice. And that voice said uh, to me, yeah, Mike, I know who you are, and I know what you are, and I want you anyway. And I was done. I have all in from then on. To be known, truly known, as you are, and to be truly and fully accepted, at least in my opinion, is about the greatest gift you can give anyone. And we have that in Jesus Christ. He's not shocked. He's not surprised. By any of your bad habits, character traits, He knows who you are. And He wants you anyway. Can we know God in such a way? Yes. A thousand times, yes. Psalm 139, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. But it's not a one way street. Psalm 16, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence and eternal pleasures at your right hand. It's a two way street. In Revelation 3, we heard it this morning. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Can you have a personal relationship with God? Yes. He stands at the door and knocks. He's calling you. He's calling you on the live stream. You can know God personally and even intimately. So I wonder, when you think back to the video, those five or six people who do you relate to the most? Are you like the first guy? Very much personal. It's not private, but it's, it's definitely personal. Or, or, or are you like the woman who equates God to Santa Claus? Yeah, I don't think he exists. Who, who do you relate to in the video? as you contemplate that, what I want you to do is first to be willing to go there. Just for a moment. Be willing to go there. Accept the possibility that God exists. Accept for the moment that he wants to have a personal relationship with you. Not the dressed up you. Not the having a great week you. The real you. And if that's true, would you be willing to open your heart to open the door to let him in he stands at the door and knocks he stands at the door and knocks even for those who already know him Because he's always calling us forward. He's always calling us toward a preferred future. Will you open the door? Will you say yes to him? Will you stop sneaking and peeking, hiding?